0: I think there's something bigger though for us at Nebraska. Like, um, there was a time when Nebraska football was feared, and we certainly want to get back to that. We want to be a team that you say, you know what, that that's a, that, that team's feared. But, but we're not we're not at that point yet. We're at a point right now where I, I believe that we have to take back the respect of what it means to play Nebraska and to be Nebraska. I have one rule for the staff, and if you ask them, like, what's this rule about players? Like, if we have an evaluation meeting, no, that's fine. But other than that, don't tell me what a player can do. Tell me what he, Tell me maybe what he's refusing to do. Tell me what he's not working at. But don't tell me. How, well, the coaches are notorious. oh, he can't do this. He can't do that. And that's why, you know, you won't ever hear me do that in, in, in the media. You won't ever hear me because I don't need someone coaching my kids that doesn't believe in my kids. So I'm not going to coach your kids and not believe in your kids. Welcome to the Gold Big Redcast, the Husker Fan
1: Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, Matt's Rule Edition. Hey, really, Mac? It's a it's the Big Ten Media Edition. Yeah, that's true. It is Big Ten Media Days,
2: and it's warm outside. <laughs> it's super, super warm outside. Rode my bike today. Um, it felt like I was riding into an oven. The entire like when you open an oven after you make a pizza or something like that, in that whoosh of air. Mm-hmm. It was so hot out. I was going 20 miles an hour. I was like, it's. Still, warm. <laughs> it was so gross out. So, um, yeah, but big 10 media days, a lot of people talked, a lot of people said some, you know, somewhat interesting things. We'll make more out of it than is probably necessary, but you know, it's that time of year.
1: Yeah. Well, it's Matt's rule. We're the mats. I'm honky.
2: I'm Matt. Oh, sorry. I'm McGuire. Mac.
1: Mac. <laughs> First podcast. Yeah. Well, we're a little rusty. We're yeah. off of a, a few weeks off, about a month off. Really? Uh, I do have my schmock on here. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've got the Matt really... rule schmock going. Uh, you look pretty rule. <laughs> <laughs> actually that, that video or the audio there of uh coach rule at the beginning where he was in the weight room there. That is a heard at media uh, release. That's going to be coming out tomorrow morning. Uh, oh, so cool. go to heard at media, follow them, subscribe to them on YouTube and you can watch that live. Uh, nice. Damon Benning did a video, did an interview with him. You know uh, how so that should is? be a good one. What's that? You know how long it'll be? I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. And let me get this up here. But anyways, uh, Subscribe to, to Her Dad Sports there. Also, uh, let's go quickly over a couple of our upcoming shows. And this is going to be one here. There it is. Tommy Frazier. That guy? Yeah, nice. that guy. Tommy. Uh, we've Touch got down, him Tommy. <laughs> Tuesday, August 1st at 7 p.m. That's fantastic. Yeah. Rob got us, uh, got us Tommy there. Tommy's going to be going to, uh, let's go up to this one here, the Battle in Boulder. He's going to be at oh, that. Nice. And so I think we're going to talk about the Battle in Boulder uh, we can talk about his playing days. I'd love to He get... doesn't have any bad memories of Colorado. No,
2: Colorado is a great place for Tom mm-hmm. to be. At. Yeah.
1: Oh man, he just relish it like no
2: other quarterback almost.
1: Mm-hmm. And this event here the Battle in Boulder that's going to be the Friday night before the Colorado cool. game. Uh so that's up in the uh up in the mountains somewhere there. <laughs> uh... I should be able to see this but I can't. It's west of here away. Yeah. It's up there in the mountains. Uh anyways, and Adam Carriker is coming to it oh, as well. Nice. I was just told that. So uh, we'll learn more about that on Tuesday night when we talk with Tommy. I know Rob's okay. going to give a lot more information on that. All right. uh, in addition to that, as a, well, we've got our Redcast store. You've got the QR code there. Mm-hmm. Click on that. Uh, go get yourself one of these shirts, one of these schmocks, one of these hats, <laughs> all that good stuff there. Uh, Pipeline Jerky, use Redcast at checkout, pipeline-jerky.com. Get 10% off and help the offensive line out. I bought
2: something the other day. Did it? For real. Outstanding.
1: Um, Well, you can buy it at Alumni Hall, and that's our our last one You know what I like about it? It's
2: consistent. And for beef jerky, that's important to me. Sometimes you get that just gristle piece.
1: Mm -hmm. It drives you crazy. It's pretty consistent. It's good. Alumni Hall, two Lincoln locations, downtown, and South Point Pavilions. All right, Mac. So, today. Today. This is the start. It's really the end of the summer, and it becomes the, the beginning of the fall camp here. Fall camp kicks off on Sunday night. Yeah. Uh the team is gonna be going to Selleck Hall, gonna be in the dorms. That's
2: nice. That'd be nice. It's a it's a great way to kick things off for this new era. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Which one's Selleck, though? I don't remember. Uh
1: if you go just on the north side of the student union, there's the green space uh-huh and Selleck is just on the east side of that. Oh, so okay. like like when we went to the Fox Big Noon uh you know, oh, set, yeah, it was it would have been on the right of the okay. of the set. Okay. So yeah, it's it's one of the older ones on campus. Nice And uh, pretty cool. I think the team actually used to go to Selic back in like even the Osborne to days. Man, the
2: juxtaposition of those dorms to the palace that they're moving into hopefully sooner than later, but it sounds like it's going to be a little piecemeal. Um, that's kind of a good perspective, like kind of from where the program came and, you know, all the riches you got, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's meant, you know, everything's calculated with rule. He's probably thinking that.
1: Brilliant. Anthony Hayek says, I would walk through the fire for rule. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of fans out there, Anthony, that are thinking the same thing along the lines with you. But uh, today, let's go through some of the videos here today. I'd love to get some of your comments too, Redcasters, as we're going through this. Um, but let's get through some of the videos, and we can kind of discuss one, you know, one by one. And to start off, we have some from Rule and Trev talking about expectations. And I think this is really good. Let's start with the Coach Rule one here. Right. And he talks about what he wants Nebraska to be known for
0: people to respect when they see that white helmet with that red red end on it and so I want our fans to respect us when they pay their money to come watch us play I want our opponents to respect us I want all of college football to respect uh, the way that Nebraska plays the game and most importantly I want our players to respect what it means to be a Cornhusker and what it means to be at Nebraska so this season for me is all about us not just earning but taking back respect and bringing back respect to 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 Nebraska football and so once you earn respect then you can talk about being feared. And, and that that's the process we're going to go through.
1: So Mac, it's a process. Yes. That's a very Osborne word right there. Yep. Um, no one's going to fear Nebraska on day one. We know that we were coming off of six straight losing seasons, six bowl seasons. No one's fearing Nebraska. But that's, no. that is the goal. That's where we want to get back to. We want to be that program that you are feared. And the first step of that is to, to get respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I respect what coach rule is trying to do right now. Right. I, I, I believe in what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to bring Nebraska back through an old school style of play that uh, I think elicits fear. Mm. If done well, Mm. I mean, you know when you would play, uh, you know, a Michigan team or a Wisconsin team, you know, a hard-hitting team. That puts a little fear in you. Oh, my gosh, these guys can run on you kind of thing. That's different than Ohio State. Not that Ohio State doesn't doesn't make you fear, but they they just have an incredible talent.
2: They fear you're, you're scared they're gonna run the score up on you.
1: Yeah, you know, and they just have amazing talent. But yeah, like when you played Wisconsin and they could just pound you and pound you, which yeah. basically what did Wisconsin do? They took Nebraska's style. Which play. one's more
2: emasculating? Just getting the ball ran down your throat without any hope of stopping it, or just getting boat raced because the team you're playing is so fast. I don't know.
1: I feel like the beating is worse. I mean, the, the I think the beating is worse because if you had if two teams were were you have Ohio State of like 2016, the team that beat us 62 to three when we were ranked in the top ten still. Okay, that and that team was wildly talented, mm. but that team goes and plays the '95 Huskers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and maybe they're more talented than the '95 Huskers. I don't know. That gets into a talent discussion, right? But but we know the style of play that the '95 team can do. Style of play can can undo some of the talent advantages the opponent had. '94 Colorado might have been more talented. than more talented than us mm. 94 miami may have been more talented than us but when you just wear them right. down when mm. you beat them down style means something and that's i want us to get back to that style coach rule ca- talked a couple times today and he's talked the last offseason about playing that style of football beating people up and getting you know it's not going to happen in, in the court first yeah. quarter it's going to happen in the second and third and by the fourth we want to win it the fourth quarter hasn't been friendly to us the last few years no
2: no, you know, you brought up an interesting point. Sometimes I think, you know, you talk about the style and the, and the, but as good as Osborne's teams were, they really only had that peak there later in the, or, you know, at the beginning of the nineties and, and through the middle part. But, you know, you say, was, was this team more talented? We I feel like sometimes we just say that because we ran option ball or we didn't throw the ball a lot or something like that, I, or our defense didn't, You know, we had those 90s rules where you could really hurt people or something like that. I I don't know. Maybe we underestimate how good those athletes really were. I think sometimes when we look back, we think, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't say people think that way. Maybe – but I wonder if sometimes that gets lost in the conversation. It's like, no, I think those guys were really good. I think we games. had
1: a lot of talent. We had an offense that didn't lend itself to sending a lot of guys to the pros. Agreed. Respective to how good we were. Especially you know, we, skill position. We guys. barely would send a, a wide receiver well, ever. We'd, you know, wide receiver, quarterback. And tight ends, quarterbacks, we weren't sending a lot of those guys there. And because we weren't a big passing attack, we didn't have the tackles. The left tackle that would always be the number one guy in the, the draft. We rarely ever had that, even though we'd have Outland winner yeah. after Outland winner. Plus we the had all NFL
2: style change, too, right? Yep. Like when the NFL was more run heavy there for a while, then they kind of phased in more of a passing game, which kind of yeah, I mm-hmm. suppose I, it's all it's so funny how it all comes back around. And now the new almost in vogue thing is to huddle.
1: Yeah, wasn't that a quick trend but to, to get a fullback back on the field yeah. to huddle to to get under center? And, and at to the same time, you're
2: doing this. Wisconsin's like, let's speed it up. You know, let's, let's go. We're going to spray it around the yard. Did like, you see Braylon,
1: Braylon Allen They the running back was asked that. I think he was on 93, <laughs> seven, the ticket and he was talking about their offense coming in, spreading it out now and how yep. he'll probably get less touches, but he likes it. Cause there'll be less guys in the box and, Makes sense. and every, you, you can spin anything, any way you want. I would argue that, that wasn't an issue for Wisconsin in the last few years to, to warrant making an entire flip of everything. But you know what? That's what they've done. They've sold out on that. I would say they're making similar style whole house changes offensively that yeah. to what we would have done back in 03 to 04, going from Solich it's, to Callahan.
2: It's it's very much it's very it's 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 a better comparison to talk about Solich to Callahan mm-hmm. than it is to say, say frost from Rule. You yeah. know what I mean? because uh, Wisconsin did have a good thing going, you know, they were they were doing okay you know sure. they, they like even their middling years that they've had maybe the last i don't know they're still pretty good they're a formidable they
1: wanted team. a 70% clip under chris
2: so it seems pretty good it and seems
1: like we've seen But this i understand before.
2: the thought too it's like okay but everybody's getting better we're bringing in usc we're bringing in ucla we're probably going to end up bringing in oregon or somebody like
1: that we got to if you're a badger you know, fan if you're a badger fan you don't want to gravitate to mediocrity that's for sure yeah don't even say those words <laughs> actually say those words let's say those words well let's keep talking about expectations and all offseason, we've mentioned how Trev and Rule are kind of on the same page with things. And Trev was asked the same question about uh, some expectations. Here's his answer.
3: I'm serious about what we talked about last couple of years. You know, It doesn't take many Nebraska fans and our alumni and all of you to look at a team and say, is that a Nebraska team? Is that a team that plays t- pays attention to details? Is that a team that's physical and tough and fundamentally sound and, and uh, plays as a unit discipline and accountability in the program. To me, those are the small fundamental things that lead to what we all
1: desire. The small fundamental things Mac we've talked about all off-season, the details, mm-hmm. what used to be called little things mm-hmm. which sometimes got, you know, misrepresented right. as turnovers, yeah. <laughs> as as penalties, <laughs> right. as special teams. Well, those aren't little things. Mm-hmm. No. Those are pretty important uh, details of football. And when you don't do them well, you're going to lose a lot of games, a lot of different ways. And I think, but that's usually close happens. and usually late. <laughs> well, if you're if you're not a terrible team, you'll be close. Yeah. Well, that's true. If you're a bad team and you that's have true. and you have bad details, you'll get blown out every time. Yeah. But you know, somehow miraculously, Nebraska could keep within at least you know single digits of most opponents over the last four or five years, but find every way to lose. And the things that Coach Rule and, and Trev are talking about there, from the details to being good in the fourth quarter and conditioning themselves mm-hmm. to the fourth quarter, wearing opponents down, all that, that's a philosophy that we know works. We know it certainly works here, and we've seen it work against us. Would you say the most um,
2: – what would be the most troubling sign that the, that um, some, some important things haven't changed um, if we're turning the ball over more or if we're unable to establish a run game um, or the dumb penalties, like which one would be the most alarming to you?
1: Um, You know, I I guess right away you see what happened in the spring game and that we had the six, seven fumbles. Now I wasn't alarmed by that solely because the vast majority of the people that were doing those fumbles weren't guys that were going to be playing major roles this year. I mean, when, uh, Oh, Torres, you know, fumbled the one handoff when he hit the fullback, you know, and the ball goes on the ground. I'm like, well, that, that sucks to watch, but I know Torres isn't going to be the guy taking snaps. Well, he's not for sure. Now he's not on the team. I think kind of along your point here, we have a question from coach steam and it's uh, what, what makes you, what makes you more confident? What rule is saying this off season compared to what we have heard from prior regimes or didn't hear depending on their approach to opening statements at media days. Uh, that's a good point to the fact that uh, this was the best opening statement I've heard in years uh, from a Nebraska coach. Because I was actually
2: a little underwhelmed with the opening statement, <laughs> um, if I'm being honest. And, and I kind of appreciated that he didn't go off. Like, I really did. I like uh, the fact everyone was sort of expecting this grand sort of, like, top-down, you know, like, unveiling of the program type deal because he's such a good orator. He kind of just kept it real simple, which spoke to what he actually said. I've got to be humble right now. Mm-hmm. We're nothing to talk about yet. We got to win. We got to. We got to earn. So he took questions. But so what makes really
1: you? Like com- but what makes you more confident? I guess to, to I, the not, coach's nothing. question. No, uh, oh, what makes me more confident? Uh, it, what makes you more confident? That, and what rule is saying this offseason? I'll, I'll give you mine. Rule. Rule has said some things on day one, and he's followed up with them the whole offseason. So I mean, th- there's already precedence here. When he said, "I want to have physical practices," and you go out there and. In mm-hmm. spring ball, and you're seeing guys getting hit. You're seeing quarterbacks mm-hmm. basically they they wore the green jerseys, but they might as well have taken them off because they were getting hit right in, in practice. When they say, Hey, we want to to go back and and really reinvest in state, and they brought in over three thousand kids so far this right. year so far in camps. You know, there are tangible things to show that yeah. what he said he wants to do, he's doing. It, and if so I'm, I'd be shocked at some point, you know, if he just kind of pulls the rug out from under us and goes, oh, just kidding. Well, okay. And we go into a five wide spread and, and don't huddle.
2: <laughs> if I'm playing devil's advocate, though. Sure. Um, when Frost first came back, for one, he had a finger on the pulse of what we felt like. Like as far as, as, far as how Husker Nation felt we, felt, we felt like we were gypped by this old ass coach that should have never been our coach. He yeah. made us a laughing stock. We knew the team was weak because they looked weak at the end. Frost comes in with the whole, this is some bullshit going on. Don't worry. We're lifting now. Sends out a bunch of videos. The guys are getting bigger. The guys are getting stronger. So he was to that extent. He went and got Nick Henrik and, yeah. and Hickman, you know, guys that weren't supposed to go. He did some of this. So to, to what Mike – I'm sorry. Who was that? No. Coach Dean. Coach Dean. To what he's talking about, he's 100% right. You can find you can find the, the, the true lines throughout it. I guess – um, some of the things I've liked that's actually different is less rhetoric is I haven't seen a single weight room video. Have you? Uh, very few if any. Yes. I mean, it's usually, I haven't seen that many videos. At I mean, all.
1: what he said, you know, a few months ago, what coach real said was, you know, we'll do hype videos just like any school, but our hype videos, we're not going to, it's not going to be talk. You're going to see us work. That was his big thing. Well, and I like that.
2: Yeah, I, and, and, and that could just be me being reactionary because I want the opposite of, of Frost I, right now. I, I want I'll, the opposite of losing.
1: The, what Frost showed was a lot of inexperience at the position. And unfortunately, I mean, we all, through just wanting him so badly to have that success, we, we probably turned a, a blind eye well, to a few things. But look, I mean, the way he ran the program lent itself to not being the best team in the fourth right. quarter, when you're not tackling yeah. in, in practice for four years, your defense isn't going to tackle well. When you're when you're not having the physical practices yeah. there, you know, you, all those things, and, and and we continue to run into the same issues with turnovers, penalties, the details. Now, Coach Rule has a much longer track record yeah. of those details, mm-hmm. and that's how he can't rebuild two programs if he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, subscribe to that. So. Again, one thing I, one anything thing I can happen. Say. Anything can happen, but my hope is is that he, you know, he he, he what well, worked last few games. Okay.
2: Oh, yeah, counterpoint. If I'm, I already played Devil's Advocate, although yep. I had one. It was such a good. It was such a good smoke show of Frost. It really was. Like there was no reason to think he wasn't doing. But I guess what I'm saying is maybe Frost did think he knew how to do it all, but I think the vast majority of us fans truly underestimate what that job entails like Mm -hmm. especially in a monster program like what nebraska is so it could be somewhat foolish to assume a guy could go from the american to the big 10 and 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 just bring it all with him you know and Mm -hmm. and have that so some of that was blinders on he had that amazing season It, it, it totally makes sense everything tracks nobody should feel bad about it but that's not that's not rules resume He's already got the he's already got the power five under his belt. He's already done the rebuild twice in in yeah. one under some you know awful circumstances. So hmm. so that part and it's pretty consi- it's a pretty consistent message.
1: Well, let's do something here. Let's move around our uh, our numbers here, let's our, our videos. Let's do it. And I think another thing that differentiates Coach Rule right now where he's at before he's even coached a game here yes. and. and Let's compare him to Coach Frost at the exact same moment. Let's we try to, to, keep, let's try to keep it apples apples. Coach. Let's go to our clip uh, number seven on the office. Johnny, keep Clip number seven. <laughs> QB QB run game. Let's go to this. You
0: know, over the years, I've really thought a lot about that. You know, I've, I've probably come a little more for full circle on it. I don't know if you can run. I think if you're running him, I think if you're running him to get three yards and get tackled by seven people, you know, yeah. repetitively is probably not the right thing. I think if you can create explosive plays. If situationally on you know third downs, you can convert third and fourth downs. You can score touchdowns in the red zone. Um, the thing with Jeff, the thing with Heinrich, the thing with Chubb, they're all four, 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 five, four, six guys. I don't want to rob them of what makes them great. And uh, for Jeff, it might just be dropping back to pass and tucking it and taking off. It might just be those unscripted runs that make him great. But you know, um, I, I I see I see the young man from Florida, his name is Casey Richardson. You know, who mm-hmm. come to the Colts, and a lot of it based upon his athletic ability. So. We're going to try to turn those guys loose. We don't want to be silly with it and have them getting, you know, like I said, just running up the middle and getting three, four yards 10 times and getting beat up. But um, if we can make some plays with them, we will.
1: Now, the reason I played that right now, I was going to wait and show that a little later. But mm-hmm. in, in respect to the talk of of where Frost was at, at this point and where Rule is, and why, are, why do I have more confidence in Rule? Think of that first offseason with Frost. He okay. kind of runs off O'Brien. As we all know, uh, Joe Burrow did not come here. <laughs> and and he goes into that offseason so confident with just Jebbia and a brand new freshman QB, mm-hmm. Adrian Martinez, as opposed to what Coach Rule is talking about here with his three quarterbacks who have all been playing Division I football now for multiple yeah. seasons. Uh, two of them have been starters at different schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jebbia, or not Jebbia, uh, Purdy has started at Florida State for a game. He yeah. started at Nebraska last year, obviously, with Jeff Sins brings in. And then what Heinberg, uh, Heinrich brings is that they have three guys Harburg brings. They have all similar skill sets there. Pretty and, similar. And I think that just that room alone, because you know going into the season, you can't just have one guy. No. Now, I saw a question here, and it was from Andrew, and it was, I guess, along these lines, uh, hey there, what do you think of Sims being the starting quarterback? Um, for me, I, I'm ecstatic with it. I love that style of quarterback. I know there are questions that people are going to have about Completion percentages coming from Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. fair. He has to prove that. Mm-hmm. I think Satterfield and Rule are ecstatic to have him. They love his. It, I was just watching some of his highlights today, and highlights are just that—highlights. They're amazing. Yep. But uh, at Georgia Tech, when you look at the highlights of him, arm strength is not a question. Nope. Um, he has an NFL body size-wise. Oh yeah. And I would say that I think he is above average at at worst as a runner. I don't know. Oh yeah, for sure. Is he an elite runner? Like we used to no. say, Adrian was an elite runner. I don't okay, know. Okay. I don't from know the enough about that I have yet.
2: Seen? I haven't seen elite. That could change. I just mm-hmm. haven't seen. Uh, if there's running highlights I've missed, then perhaps. But it's going to feel he, like a huge he, step up but, from
1: Casey. But as a runner, oh
2: yeah, 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 no question. He's a uh, not quite Adrian, but he's he's way ahead. I would say of Casey. All
1: right. Well, What's that? I'm looking at the, looking at the questions here. What's uh, Coach Theme saying here? One thing we've learned over the decades is Nebraska is not an ideal place to learn to be a head coach in in college. And I would say that that's absolutely correct. I mean, that is the thing that we we wanted so badly for Frost to be that guy right away. We wanted him to have three, four, five more years of experience. He doesn't. That's what I think, Coach Rule. And he showed it today again, one more time. Didn't didn't surprise me with anything, but he just handles himself so well in these, these media, uh, any opportunity he has, he just is such a good ambassador of the yeah. program. Yeah.
2: He, <laughs> he is amazing at throwing strikes. You know, he just, he just constantly says just about the right thing. Um, you know, I hate to keep doing this comparison thing. Eh, maybe one, just time one more time, but one you know, time. like, just bow to, but frost was prickly. And sometimes having a prickly coach—that's endearing if you're winning a lot. But you got to win a lot to be a prickly coach, in my book. Like I'd rather have more of a, cool. a. But but Riley was
1: too far the other way. Oh yeah. Where it's like I'm not even mad when we lose. Yeah, the snow cones at practice. No. Yeah. Bo, Bo was perfect for 2008. 2008 was a season where he comes he was in. A man of the times. Well, he came in in 2008 and red shirts a bunch of guys, and we have a chip on our shoulder against mm-hmm. everybody, and and we go out and go nine and four against kind of all odds. No one was expecting that right away in, in year one. Beat Clemson at the end of the season, yeah. and it was kind of that perfect mentality mm-hmm. for what that team needed at that moment. But you can't Both continue had some good bowl wins. But you can't continue that that presence. You can't be against the the world year after year after year after year. That that wears on people at some yeah. point. The whole world get, being against you. It, it's not. We're, then, not everyone's against Nebraska. Think, here. We just you think need to play them.
2: If his AD would have been less of a prick. That well, Bo could have relaxed and maybe been a little bit. Covered. Well, his AD
1: with his AD was Osborne for the first four. Years. Well, it was really only the what, last do, couple. I,
2: years. Don't you feel like he was less of a prick though when Osborne was here? I mean, he wasn't overly pleasant, but was Bo? But I felt like towards the end he was just like you can't hardly say anything to this guy. Well, it got
1: it got worse by the end. There's well, no doubt about like that.
2: Maybe I don't know. Like, well, and I think that's part we're going of down memory lane. Well, here this is far. part
1: of why we showed Rule and Trev right at the beginning talking about expectations together mm-hmm. is because you want to have some kind of synergy between these two. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't – we talked about how good Rule was in this setting today, and he was. But if you went back 10 years ago and it's Bo and i showing up to the same event, yeah, Bo's not going to be as good as Rule, but i isn't going to be as good as Trev either. And they're yeah. certainly not going to be on the same page talking about things. I will say that Bo, Bo was always two, really good with national media. Yeah, was, I just, I just like that they've got the same message going out there. I think that's important. No question. Um, Ryan says that my main worry is the lines holding up the O-line problems have held us back so much. And who knows what we have on the, o- on the D line. I'll say right now with the O-line, just them bringing Piper. And I was reading somebody today said, if Piper went to this, you know, he's probably a starter. I'm not ready to jump to that and say the Piper's a starter, but I definitely think that this means they think highly of him If they bring him to the, to the coaches or to the big 10 media days, you know, I think between Nuuli and probably Corcoran, mm-hmm. uh, at, at guards, mm-hmm. and you've got Scott, mm-hmm. and then you've got Ben Hart, and you've got Prohaska, mm-hmm. and then you throw in Piper on top yeah. of that, Lutovsky. Yeah. I mean, we've got some guys. I think we could have a legit six, seven man rotation, and there's some experience. In fact, that's one of the things I'll, I'll go back to this uh, video here where Rule is giving his thoughts on the teams. He talks right away about the experience of the O line. You
0: know, we, we have some veteran players on the offensive line and a tight end that I'm excited about. You know, we've, we've got a really good running back room. Excited about Jeff Sims, who I brought here, as well as Heinrich and Chubba. I think anytime you have a quarterback that you believe in, and we have three that we believe in, um, you, you're going to have a chance to win. So to me, it, it's less about like the actual team itself and more about us getting into the fourth quarter of games and, and making the plays that maybe we haven't made the last couple of years. And so that's everything from conditioning to the way that we practice to to preparing them for those situations and then hoping that it uh, it manifests itself on game day. So we have experience on the O-line, the D-line –
1: I am a little more concerned about now we posted a thing to Twitter today saying that at least on the interior D line, yeah. we're not talking about the outside guys, Gunnerson and those dudes, the D ends, but on the interior side, feel pretty decent about Nash, feel, feel pretty decent about Robinson, feel pretty decent about Elijah Judy. Um, really want to see a fourth guy step up there. Yeah. And Raquan Buckley is the guy yeah. that, you know, at 6'6", 290, he's going into his third year in the program. Yeah. That's a guy that, uh, you know, we right off the bat, if, if that's our fourth guy in the rotation, and if he brings the, the same kind of uh, development that Coach Knighton talked about this week right. on the on the radio there about him, I mean, I think that guy, he could have a breakout season. Breakout season for, for a number four D tackle. Let's put it that way, you know. Okay. And that, yeah. just getting on the field, playing 20 snaps a game would be I mean, a great little,
2: season. Yeah, the him. difference those guys make is, is probably hard to really point to, but they do make a difference, you know. They spell a guy mm-hmm. a little bit and, and let him stay fresh for later in the games, and maybe he makes a play, but um, – when i think about the lines both lines here's how i do my mental gymnastics for this one <laughs> so so what i do is i think about how stiff the really both lines were last year it was a constant complaint and i'm not the only one a lot of people have brought that up and i heard even rule today talking about how the he's seen more bend in those boys than he has in a while so you take that you t- you, you add flexibility to big men And then a little more with flexibility comes more speed, more explosiveness. And you have two years of coaching by the same offensive line, presumably with an offensive coordinator that is going to help him out, call plays for the offensive line. And you're going to focus on a run game and you've got your commitment to it. All of that, goes into the recipe of whether or not you have a good line or not. So it's, and and most of those ingredients are kind of hard to know. I, I don't know, but, but I do know coming out of high school, a lot of these guys were regarded as pretty good athletes that could play division one power five football. And uh they're still on the team and they've been on the team for a while now. So I don't know. It And, and if it, if they're okay, if they're a little bit better, they don't even have to be that much better. Eh, no, be, better, be a yeah, lot better.
1: Well, we need, and we, that's, be better as part of development. For sure. And that's been a knock on the last four or five years is the lack of development that certain players saw over yeah. the course of their two, certain three Certain players, seasons. certain fans. <laughs> well, when I think of someone like Ben Hart, to mm-hmm. your point, he was one of those top 150, you know, uh, high school All American guys played in the, the Army All American game right. from Minnesota, picked Nebraska over other Big Ten West schools, yeah. over other national schools, right? He was a big time recruit and just hasn't really had that big season yet or he's he's always been a liability at times yep. you see him right now he's lost good weight it looks like he looks like he's at his his slimmest even though he's still the same weight he's still like 330 pounds at 6'9 it's amazing how you can hide that um yeah. but but that you know that quickness mm-hmm. might be the thing that helps him not get beat around the edge and and having him coming back here and being a player for mm-hmm. us okay i mean he needs to lock down that right tackle spot because then you have all kinds of flexibility again mm-hmm. with Corcoran. Same thing we said a year ago. Prochaska on the left. We know what Prochaska can do. He needs to stay healthy. Well, we you know? don't know what he can do. but Well, we know what he can do if he can stay healthy. But yeah. he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Or at least we know we know what he is projected to do. How about that? Yeah. I mean, he, there's a reason why Michigan was hot after oh, him no, coming he's, out he's, of high. He's a prospect. He, he's it's another just... one of those top 100 kind of guys. Um and then, you know, what I'd really like to see with a guy like Corcoran is just to be able to really solidify a spot. I feel like Corcoran's been kind of this piecemeal. They've thrown him at guard. He goes out yeah. to left tackle. He goes to right tackle yeah. when someone's hurt. He probably played back up center. And it's know, like, you mean, know, at some point, guy, you got to play a
2: spot. Yeah, it would be nice for him to find a home. Um but even if he can't, you know, he's a hell of a backup to come in and spell if he can play all the spots. You, I just, I you need the, six,
1: seven guys on the line for sure that, just, that can play every game, not just, for, not just for injury purposes, just a you need to spell, dude. You need to have a swing guard mm-hmm. and a swing tackle. I struggle, I struggle to project how this team
2: is going to be when I feel like the teaching, the development, the coaching, the change in philosophy can really make a big impact on what I didn't view as horrible players. And we've added a few good players. What if
1: Jeff Sims is okay? What what if we got it? You know, what is he six, four? We've said it. We've said it from day one of this off season was that a developmental program, which is what coach rule said he wanted to be from, from the start, a developmental program in 2023 looks like what this off season has been. Mm. If you're going to bring guys in from the portal, you're gonna bring them in in January and they're gonna be here the whole dang time. Sure, sure, sure. We've had one transfer. As far as I can as far as I can remember, correct me if I'm wrong here. We've had one transfer in post spring, and that was that Nat kid, the uh the offensive tackle from Utah. Oh yeah. Okay. So most of the guys, anybody that we're gonna be counting on, there's no Oshan Mathises in this group of guys that just got here, or Devin right. Drews, they're gonna get here in August. Or, you know, well there's Steven, not yet, though, but he can, he even, he even kind of said something about well, we'll see. That somebody could come in this late still. Yeah. Well, well he was talking about,
2: you know, his recruiting class and how well it's going, and people saying, you know, oh yeah, but you got to keep them coming. He's like, well, yeah, I know we got to, keep... but you know, we're gonna go after some guys too. Like,
1: yeah, I'm like oh that. yeah, I'm just talking about guys that are gonna be playing when we play against Minnesota. I'm saying those guys are guys that have been here since January. Oh, I'm with
2: you. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, we're
1: sorry. not we're not playing guys that that are just getting here, kind of thing. Um, and I think that's important there. You know, Eric here says my hope with Rules' reputation as a developer is that our fall off between the ones down to the twos and threes isn't a surmountable gap when injuries do happen. And that's absolutely true. And I also think part of that, Eric is that the, the team that we see play against Minnesota in late August needs to be a different team than the one we see play against Iowa on black Friday. Like that oh, development yeah, sure. that you've got to be a much better team. You've got to see players develop over the mm-hmm. course of a season. Cause mm-hmm. there's going to be an injury and there could be a, there's on gate, Game one, there can be a gap between player number one, player number two, but by by game four and then yeah. by game eight, that gap has to be lessened. These guys, that that gets back to practice. And I want to play a video here of Coach Rule talking about practice today and talking about uh, kind of doing some of the things that what we were doing under the okay. Osborne and Devaney and all that with stations, making sure that a lot of guys are getting out there. So here's a practice.
0: We have a little bit larger roster than than I've had at other places I've been. And so really practicing in the ways that Coach Devaney, Coach Osborne, Coach Solich did for 42 years of really dominance, um, having multiple stations, multiple drills going on, a lot like we practiced at Penn State. But I hadn't done that for many years, and getting back to it this spring has been really good for us. And and, um, so I think that's maybe not about the Big Ten. It's just more about being at Nebraska, you know. I'd be a fool if I didn't ask coach Osborne what the blueprint is. And uh, he's been, you know, he doesn't talk about plays. He talks about the way they practice first and foremost.
1: The blueprint of Nebraska football. It's not mm-hmm. about plays. And look at me. I'm a huge option guy, right? I've always been an option. You love the, guy. Option. You love the fullback. The option isn't Nebraska football and, and plays aren't Nebraska football. It's, it's being a physical style. It's mm-hmm. how you practice. It's, it's, it's the philosophy of being a four quarter team playing smart football, not beating yourself. I've listened to Osborne over the years, give different talks about Mm -hmm. the goals that they would set from week to week. And the goal was never to beat the opponent. You never, that wasn't the goal. The goal was, you know, in preseason, we love to get into these. What is a, what, what's their score or what's your record going to be? Are you going to go nine and three or 10 and two or whatever? Osborne wasn't about what's the record going to be. You set goals achievable goals, but, but high standing goals of, Hey, we want to get this many yards per carry. We want to have this. We want to win the uh, turnover battle right. by this amount. We want to have net punting, f- net punting goes, field yeah. position. And if we do these things, if we reach these goals, mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, or maybe in his case, I guess, 255 times out of 25 years, nice. you're going to win games. <laughs> nice. If you, if you can reach those goals. And if you don't, then you literally can clap as the team goes by. Cause nice. God bless them. Very nice. You know, and, you know, if they can beat you while you still reach those goals, and so the goals that that I think Coach Rules talking about here and, and wanting to do, he talks about the day by day and the details matter. Mm-hmm. I do have a video with that too, but the it's the fact that we've got to get better every single day. We're not good enough right now to be talking about you know going ten and two or nine well, and three. Well, yeah, that's we almost just,
2: why I don't worry about the backups being that big of a drop off. Let's worry about our starters first. You know, I, well, I don't even know. That's true. I mean, Some of these young guys might be pretty good. You know, we'll see. Um, I think I think we're going to see a lot of guys play, and I hope we do. I mean, that, that seems to make the most sense. Let's let's see what we got on the on the roster. I just want to see us play well. You know, and and just like Rule said, we know what well looks like. You know, we know what fundamental football looks like. You know what. When a team isn't beating
1: itself, and I would, I could go for a season of that. Well, we know what looks. We know what it looks like to be up ten nothing on Minnesota at halftime. What we time. did that last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. We also know what it looks like to give up a second half lead yeah. and yeah. lose. And those are the things that that right away, as you go to August 30th mm-hmm. or 31st in in week one, is that can we get ahead of Minnesota? Of course we can. Do you have, do you have any doubts that this team can get a lead on them? I, I think we can get a lead on Minnesota. Yes, I absolutely do. Based even off, based even off of, of, based cool even in, off of yes. just based off of recency bias. <laughs> you know, we can get a lead on Minnesota. Can we keep a lead on them? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that that's the, the the details. Can we get it beat out of the kids? Essentially, mm-hmm. you know that that whatever those the bad voodoo was. Whatever isn't it, it was, funny,
2: isn't it funny how people assume. That the, the the previous coaching staff lingers with the program, like the turnovers would only go away if this coaching staff would go away, you know? Or is it the players? Or you know, like it's just kind of funny how we just, but or the, the coaching staff does get fired. But this team has a problem with turnovers. Well, why? That coach is gone. This is a totally different team. Totally different. Team. It's a totally different team. You know, this guy's had an issue with. Well, he did then. Well, you know, it just it, to me, it's like what matters more. What do you got there?
1: I got a we got Ken McCone saying, GBR boys, take back uh, respect. And there we go. Can I turn that the right way? Generation Red Podcast. There you go, Ken. Fellow Herdat Media Pod. Love you guys. Way to network. That was nice. Seamless. It's so funny when you're looking like in reverse here, like in the mirror, essentially at ourselves, trying to get things turned like the right way. Or if I go like this or this, everything's kind of backwards. I honestly
2: hadn't noticed until you said that.
1: Well, here. Try to hold this up. Try to hold that up and see if you can figure out the right way. Oh, I see what you mean. Nailed it. <laughs> Got it right away. <laughs> Wonderful. This is great for uh, God, great man. for the podcast people tomorrow listening to that. That's that makes for great. They'll wonder what we were holding. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, all right. Let's get back to. Let's go to some of the culture building stuff that rule was talking about. And there's been some things, anybody that's been paying attention to big 10 football the last couple of weeks, obviously Northwestern, since the last mm-hmm. time we did a red cast, uh, Northwestern has a different coach now uh, since the last time we did a red cast, even Minnesota uh, has had some, you know, at least embarrassing things come out about them with, with Fleck. But I'll, I will say, I don't think much is going to come out of the Fleck thing unless, unless there's more information that we haven't heard. All it was was it just really sounds like he's a weirdo, which we was knew. nothing new. Yeah, that's. There's some weird thing, you know. If he got in any trouble, there might be something with his, you know, his shroot fle- f- bucks, his yeah. fleck <laughs> shroot bucks, it's like so letting stupid. guys, letting guys. He made a deposit. Letting guys in get the fleck
2: bank, but you didn't have enough credit, and now you got to roll your butt downstream. I <laughs> like I can just imagine this. He's such my my nephew Ryan loves PJ Fleck, and I got I got to give the guy credit. He's, he's put together a pretty good program. So there's honestly, he's done a good job, but the dude is insufferable. It's just, his suits are so tight too. Anyway.
1: Well, since the last time we've done a podcast, mm-hmm. there's been some at least controversy with a couple of our big time West bros. And so uh, I think coach rule there, he brought up a really good statement here this morning. And this was on, um this was on a uh, uh, Chris Schmidt uh, Hill varsity radio uh, Schmidty, Schmidty, their show this morning. And he made a great statement about the way that you li- live your life every day that, you know, you, you could show it on ESPN. Watch that's this. all he does.
0: He's dropped dimes. That's all he does. You know, this is my 11th year being a head coach. I've been blessed. Uh, I've always taken the approach of making sure that everything that we do every single day, like if it was being aired on ESPN, um, that, you know, I'd be okay with that. We're, we're here for a very simple purpose, and that's to help improve the lives of young people. So the things you're doing every day... You know, it could be
1: shown on ESPN. Mm -hmm. And this is where I will just throw shade at at PJ. This, There's nothing illegal about this, but at the very least, if you are forcing your team to have to clap when you walk into a room, you know, it's a very – that feels a lot like the things that we were throwing. I like it. I I thought
2: Rule was going to say, I'm here for two things, (laughs) drinking beer and kicking ass. I'm (laughs) damn near out of beer. I thought that was going to – I was going to be so excited for that, but that's all right. Next time. Next time. Yeah. (laughs) Fleck is like a little – Do you think people carry him around on like a little chair and like he walks down their back into the meeting
1: room all pepped up (laughs) on three Red Bulls? I like him. Well, so I want to go back to what I said a little earlier. Rule talked about the day by day, the Mm -hmm. details. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is part of culture building. And I know that gets tiring for some people to hear, but I do think, especially in year one, this is important. I don't think that we need to hear this from Coach Rule two years from now and three years from now obviously by then the, that would be the my favorite word to go away. I hate cold culture. culture word. It's just gross. I, I just, just think do I do it. it. I think in year one, I know. In, I know. And he's not even saying, he's not know, even saying it.
2: So I know. Just, this is just a personal, like my, I'm sick of Swagger. It, in culture. This is it's the, like, I, this ooh, is, I'm using, I'm
1: using the word culture to be descriptive of no, what I'm, he's talking about. And so please don't take offense to what I was saying. <laughs> so day by day.
0: What I love about Nebraska is it's literally written on the side of the stadium day by day. Like that's the key. Like, so we talk about 42 years. It, it wasn't that we ran the ball, ran option or played this defense. It was this mindset from coach Osborne, um, from coach Devaney, from coach Solich, like every, every little detail matters every single day. Every little detail
1: matters. Smack every day, every day, every day. And when, and when it doesn't, when, or when you let the details slip, that's when you lose games in the fourth quarter and and, and kick on sides for no reason.
2: You know, one thing that kind of struck me when he's, he's, he's incorporated that day by day thing. And, and we all know that that was also one of Frost's slogans as well. Like the same thing, but I love the fact that he kept it anyway. You know, it's, it is on the stadium, you know, that it's like, he didn't run away. He didn't try to make up a new kind of, Nobody wants to do this stupid chant you're making us do thing. It was like day by day, it still works. Yeah, it, was, what the, it
1: wasn't a Frost chant. No. it's a Nebraska right. chant. And but he, and he had the wisdom
2: it. to understand like, listen, I don't have to. Do, and he doesn't, he doesn't divorce himself from Frost really at all. He embraces his players. I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's done a really good job of making sure everybody feels welcome. And so it's just, it's just another little, you know, indication that this guy is kind of. An, Sounds so stupid. But he's he's an adult. You know, he's running things. You know, he 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 understands how things work. And if a if a if a slogan I know people love that slogan or thing, it's too PJ Flecky, but some slogans work and day by day is a good one. And and you can hear it echoed when, when you hear the players talk. They they say the same thing. So brainwash complete. Good job. <laughs> it's not just for cults, it works on football players too. So.
1: <laughs> um Trev was asked about defense. Let's transition to defense a little bit here. And, again, this is with Chris Schmidt and Hale Varsity Radio this morning. Mm-hmm. I, I've thought about this. So when uh, Schmidt asked the question, I thought it was really interesting how he asked it. He kind of correlated, what are we doing on defense right now, moving to this 3-3-5? Mm-hmm. Is it anything similar to what we would have done 30 years ago, switching from a 5-2 to a 4-3? And he's, 30 years ago. Yeah. Barf. And he's asking that, of course, to Trev Alberts, mm-hmm. who – who benefited from that change? Going from a, a stand-up outside linebacker in a five-two to a hand-in-the-turf four-three D Possibly
2: um, the greatest change of any player ever. Like that, talk
1: up. Well, and that's a change that we're seeing right now with some moving could some Reimer guys. Have a well, or could Blaze Gunnerson? Or there's mm-hmm. guys that you're moving around. Jabari Butler. That there are guys that are going to get opportunities mm-hmm. this year, and opportunities maybe playing some positions that. Um, just allows us to play with a little more speed. And so um, this was Trev's answer to that. Mm -hmm. The way I look at
3: at this defense, I think it's not too dissimilar in the sense that it's it's a pressure defense. It's getting turnovers. It's creating some havoc. It's trying to, you know, I think one of the things that Coach McBride did, you know, a really good job of while we had a base defense, he had a lot of variations where it was difficult for the offense to know exactly who was who and where they were coming from and so that gave us some opportunity to do some pressures in, in third and long situations. Still had to stop the run first to get into those situations, but
1: I see that um, as part of what Tony wants to do as well. You know, Anthony, hi, says here, Reimer seems real excited about this new defense. I mean, they all do. Yep. Um, I, it sounds like <clears throat> there's going to be opportunities for guys to get on the field. There's going to be opportunities for guys to be, make plays. They're going to be aggressive. Trev talked about not making – you know, not – not doing the paralysis by analysis, not making things so complicated mm-hmm. that that, that would be sometimes a thing I think that that hurts some of Bo's defenses at times, or there are defenses that we've had in the past where there's been so many checks and so mm-hmm. many things that, that you end up slowing guys down mm-hmm. in the process. And um, if this is working the way that we're being told, I mean, these guys should be flying around, making a lot of plays. I think, uh, uh, you know, Reimer said that it should be a party at the tackle, you know, that we should have, you know, a bunch of dudes there, you know, and that's, That's the, that's the mentality. We'll see. I I mean, you got to have
2: the mentality. I will say there's been like no question of buy-in. You don't hear that term thrown at all. Like everybody's bought in and like Reimer's a perfect example. You, rules talked about this, you, you know, sometimes it's easy for the walk-ons of the, of the second teamers to have complete buy-in because they haven't had any success and they think this is a new opportunity. But when you have players like Reimer, who is, if he has a, a good season is set to be what second all time leading tackler to Nebraska. If He has like a hundred tackles. He'll be second. So, so for him to be that bought in and him to say, let's go that, oh, barf. that just shows how good the culture <laughs> is, is, is getting there. Environment. I'm going to say environment. Um, the climate. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> but 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 I, I do. The messaging is pretty clear and we've talked about it before, but from the top down, the messaging is pretty clear and it's a and it's a bright message. It's it's it, it, uh, it's not so much us against you guys. You know, it's more mm-hmm. like we're going to honor you guys on the field by playing like the best Nebraska – like Nebraska football should be played. It's not like we're going to be damned what you write about us or not. We're going to play in like, okay, dude, hey, I want you to win. You know, like I'm, I'm rooting for you. Here. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and that's that's what we want. We just want you to, you know, look good on the field like you practiced and stuff. You know, that's all we really want. Trev nailed it. Like when he when he mentioned what a, what a Nebraska fan really wants to look at a football team, that's – I'm begging for that. I don't know what that comes out to in a win loss, but I know it's going to be better than four wins. I know that it's impossible for it to be less. Mm -hmm. If we're playing good football, We're, we're a good enough team. If we're playing good football, we're going to be a handful. I think for damn near everybody on our schedule. I really think that if we're playing good football.
1: Rule was asked about recruiting. So this, is this kind of transitions us, uh, kind of to the end of it. And he was talked about recruiting, talked about in-state and and the success that we've had with in-state kids. Uh, I thought this was a really good answer that he gave.
0: I was out of work when I took this job, right? So I had some time. And so in between like, you know, driving my kids to school and pickups and all that, I spent a lot of time looking at recruits and Evan Cooper, who's on my staff, who, who's really been my recruiting guy, right-hand guy all along. We watched not just the kids that were committed, Nebraska. We watched the 2023 class that was still out there. We watched the 2024s the 2025s. And what I saw was, you know what, there's a lot of talent in Nebraska. And even this year, you know, like we had 3000 kids come through our camps, like we wanted to reinvigorate the camps, everyone from third grade, all the way up through seniors in high school, and guys came to our camps, you know, from small towns all across the state that, that maybe weren't on our radar, but they certainly are now. And so um, that was all intentional. And that was part of the reason why we took the job, because If you're strong at home, if there's talent coming from Nebraska, then you're going to win.
1: What I love about that right there is I like how he started talking about it. He started talking about how when he first looked at this job, not even took it, it goes back to the two-month coaching search. And Mm -hmm. I think if anything, if we're going to have success under him, and especially in any early kind of success Mm – that seventy-day search, where he had every opportunity to look at this program, to not take it, to to study every ounce of this. I mean, he he took this job running, and I think so much of that was because of those first sixty days, and then the the first sixty days of, of just talking with Trev and and really being on the same page with him, and knowing how important it was to go after instate right. kids. They bring in three thousand kids to camps, yeah. and I mean, think about that with the camps yeah. right there. I mean, that's oh, a big
2: deal. That's a huge deal, and. And, you know, just after watching him work these last eight months, you get the idea that this guy doesn't leave a lot of stones unturned. So if he had this time to actually be looking at recruits and looking at programs, it was a calculated decision to come to Nebraska. But he mentioned something in one of the breakout sessions. Uh, I don't think we have video for that. No big deal. I didn't contribute. It's not (laughs) Hawkeye's fault. But he talked about running the camps. He said June was hard. June was really hard. If if y'all remember, we had a bunch of recruits throughout the month committed Mm -hmm. at the month and they had official visits and camps and then official visits and and this and that. But he made a point to say that his coaches and himself work those camps. They make sure they're present. They want to evaluate. They want to see the guys. It's not the Nebraska camp. Here are all our grad assistants running it. The coaches are out there actively looking for talent, which again, if I, whoever knows any like high school talent throughout Nebraska, whoever listens to our podcast, let them know like to get in front of these coaches eyes yeah. as they're looking for you and to me that's awesome like
1: because yeah. you know everybody knows about the metro. And you know you get the you get the stragglers out west, but there's probably other guys. out Well, there. we've had Glenn Snagras on. I mean, yeah. he'd say the exact same thing. Yeah. in fact, we need to get him on the next couple of weeks. Hundred percent, especially if we can get into a practice. That would be kind of cool to, to get his updated thoughts. But but I exactly. With, I mean, he he said that get out in front of these coaches. Yeah. They want to talk with you.
2: It's not a big stretch. Listen, all we grow right now in Nebraska seems to be tight ends, but it isn't. <laughs> it isn't much of a stretch to add a few pounds on that tight end, and make him a D end.
1: Well, and and just get him out there see and how- actually think of what we've done in state when you talk about in-state talent. We've now had two straight years where we've had a quarterback make it to the Elite 11. And then this year with Kalen, actually make the Elite 11. Since they bring in like 22 guys and you have to make the top 10. Well, he's, it's he's it's made almost it. not even that big of news. It's so kind of crazy. We've had quarterbacks yeah. go. Look at the receivers that we've come yeah. now have been coming out, especially down there at Bellevue West. We're yeah. going to have three guys from Bellevue West alone that are receivers. I mean, these are position groups Let's Let's that are not. Um, traditionally, what you consider the in-state guys, you know, right. J- Jalen Lloyd a year ago from from uh, Westside, you know, speedster guys, mm-hmm. and so they're skill position guys. In addition to the fullbacks, mm-hmm. in addition to the tight ends, in addition to the offense and defense alignment. I mean, we've got some real players in this state that can play. Posi- Actually, if there's one spot that I'd like to see us go back to a little bit is running back. You know, yeah. back in the day when we had the Omaha Central co- connection. Boy, what, what I wouldn't give to see you know, one or a two lot of those guys. guys.
2: I think the running back position is just so much lost its
1: shine that these how, young players don't think of it as okay. Team. I know where you're going with this. How about this? Flip it. Remember how you know high schools follow what Nebraska does, in-state high schools do. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to the spread, or when we went to West Coast offense in, mm-hmm. in, under Callion, that that trickles its way down mm-hmm. to the to the high schools. If this coaching staff is going to get understanding, we're mm-hmm. going to have eye formations. We're going to have eye backs, mm-hmm. not just running backs. Eye mm-hmm. backs, essentially. Does that start to trickle back down into the high schools to where maybe that position? Because you're absolutely right. It, we've kind of lost that running back here because mm-hmm. it, it's kind of been lost. Right.
2: You know, maybe some of the wide receivers we had could have been running backs. I love you, I love your brain. I love how I love how it <laughs> works. I was gonna I was gonna bring up the same thing. Um that people may not realize especially younger people that, that listen to our show and I'm sure there's many of you um, <laughs> when when Nebraska was clicking in the nineties, the offense they were running permeated throughout the state, which created kind of a pipeline of itself into the state. The key to that though is the program kind of needs to be winning you know they, it, it helps if they're winning and if if what you're talking about does transgress and we do start winning you will start seeing these these teams and throughout the nebraska you know you know western nebraska and even some of the metro schools i guarantee start running more of that style because these coaches also want to get their players to to nebraska you know it's a a big feather in their cap too so it's it's a you want to feed that cycle and uh, i i would love that so much because the style of football, whatever, but it's, it's the winning too. It's the relevance. These, these, these young kids, it's, you know, right, wrong and different social media is what moves their needle. And, and Nebraska does have a strong social media presence, but we don't have, we don't have a lot of winning presence right now. And that's what I think they're, they're looking
1: at. We've got to win. Uh, We had a comment earlier from Shuck and it said, did the other Redcasters buy honky breakfast or no? And that's a a playoff of uh, if you've been on, Twitter and social media. The last few days, uh, there was just a little bit of you know Twitter controversy about a, about a breakfast uh, snafu of, of between volleyball and football. Oh, yeah, the point is, the point is, you said earlier you talked about how Coach Rule is involved mm-hmm. He gets involved in everything, whether it's a camp. Well, he got he even he has played things so well he got involved on social media and totally diffused a situation that didn't need to be a situation to begin with, but he's just so good about it. And he got out there and he took a photo with the volleyball team and every, it just, you you know know what what? it's handling situations and not letting things become, as we've said in the past shit shows. And that's, that's a coach rule thing. And it's also absolutely a Trev thing. Trev is a communications guy, his background with ESPN, everything doesn't hurt with this. We're going to own the message. We're not going to let the message get away from us. And when something does get away from us, we're going to fix it and we're going to move on.
2: Was it Lauren Steverns that kind of ignited it with her initial tweet? It was just a
1: t- – yeah, it was a tweet that she sent out there. And-
2: what I liked about it though is the the fact that she – when when Rule did his whole what's the deal kind of thing, she immediately retweeted it and said something cool. Yeah. You know, like it was just like, oh, misunderstanding. Oh, I apologize. I ain't trying to ruffle any feathers. Like I really appreciated her coming back out there and doing something cool about that because some people could, could get butt hurt about that and say, no, I think this is whatever. I, I really appreciated that the maturity that the all party showed, like made a joke out of it, made wow. it a big nothing because it is a big nothing. It is a big But in, the, in this day and age that we live in, a big nothing can sometimes be the biggest
1: story out there.
2: Yeah, You know, thank God for Big what? Ten or Big, yeah, Big Ten media days. I, there
1: was no chance. I, I've long said it. You know, one of the most, under the the, the five years of, of kind of moose slash frost, mm. one of the, the, the mm. most embarrassing. Frosty moose. Yeah, frosty moose. <laughs> one of the more embarrassing days was that, what I call black Friday that happened in March of the off season. And that was when the whole Oklahoma thing came out and, you know, we're not going to play against Oklahoma Mm -hmm. and we went hours and hours and hours and in social media world, that's, that's days and weeks Mm -hmm. of time, but it was really just a couple hours, but we don't have an answer. And we totally came off looking we didn't own the message we didn't own the narrative nope. and we came off even if even though i don't small. think anything was going to happen we came off small so small and trev i'll never get over trev, Macho <laughs> trev <laughs> and ruled they're not going to let that, that kind of stuff happen and uh and if something does happen but we're going to get it fixed and we're going to move on that's that, why i like that that it. is a
2: that is a worthwhile youtube search to watch trev do damage control in that uh, in that press conference after the whole debacle that was so embarrassing that was so embarrassing that's the kind of stuff that nebraska fans make fun of other fan bases for and it happened to us and that was a hard pill to swallow and i felt like i really really like husker nation i really love our fans i really love how much they support the team i'm really proud of how our team or how our fans in the state and throughout the country support this team and uh and that move made us look like such punks and like that's the one thing, like Husker fans, like, oh, we're not very good, but we're not punks. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll play anybody. You know, we're going to lose, but we're we're not. And then we'll we played, and, and it looked like we turned tail, and, and like, that I mean, was the biggest and, and
1: betrayal and of that administration, and, and it was, was was and it was that move, and it, and we're talking about just a couple of hours where we didn't respond to something. At the end of the day, we're still talking about years well, later. I'm
2: talking about but, just the, if, if the finagling behind the scenes about trying to get out of that game was true, well, exactly. that it was. Yeah, There's that's no bad. Back. That's There's bad. There's no comeback for me on that one. All right, well. Lose, I'd rather lose the game <laughs> in, great, in fantastic fashion than try to back out of it, which we've done.
1: It's not even that. I've already done that, you know. We went to that game. <laughs> Ryan <laughs> says, do you see parallels between what Wisconsin is doing uh, to Nebraska going west coast no four? Seems like Rule could be getting us back to what Solich was building before he was fired, and Wisconsin is making the mistake. In Nebraska made no three. I started down that path mm-hmm. a little bit earlier yeah. in the show saying that exact same thing, and I do. Um now, it it might work great for Wisconsin. And I know they're ecstatic to get get fickle and everything, but they had a coach that was winning in a 70% clip. They oh, had yeah. an offensive style that was something that the, the state really rallied around mm-hmm. that they could recruit around and they're flipping a coin. It might it might work for them, and it might work and they might have great success. Or or this may they may go three and out real quick a bunch of times and put their defense back in some bad spots, and all of a sudden you you've flipped an entire thing. I I'll make one other correlation to the Callahan to, um, or so to so Callahan. I saw a little bit of that when Lloyd Carr went to Rodriguez at Michigan mm-hmm. and right away, I'm like, Nope, Nope, this is, you're flipping everything. And we'll see. I don't, I'm not 100%. I, I need to watch a little more fickle. I don't know how much he's flipping everything there yeah, well, and turning over every single chair, but that's what happened on, at Nebraska. On
2: paper it looks like it is. I, this is my own little personal. That's thing. what
1: happened at Nebraska in Nebraska. No four. They flipped I, yeah. everything.
2: This is, this is my own little personal pet theory about what Wisconsin's doing. Um I totally get the move. I totally understand with the with the way the conference is changing and them feeling like we've got to, you know, grab the horse by the reins and try to make a move to get to the next echelon because what we've been doing though successful isn't getting us over that hump. I get that. It's dangerous when you throw it all away. That's a big one. But here's the other thing. What if you're really, what if you're successful? What if you're good? What if Wisconsin comes out and actually does pretty good? Maybe they don't win the the title, but because they lose to Michigan and Michigan beat Ohio State, you sure. know, for the third or fourth time, and then Ohio State fires uh, May, and they, then who yeah. do you think they're going to go after? If if, if if Wisconsin's had a fuck a, a couple good years, sorry about that. Okay. you know, they're going to go after Luke Fickle, a guy who's been there before, and then they're going to steal your guy, and then you're going to be left with a program doing something they're not exactly traditionally known for, and they're going to have to go back and find a guy. With Barry Alvarez being gone, by the way, that's a big part of this. And then you're going to go back and try to re-spark that magic. I'm telling you, as a Husker fan, boys and girls, you're playing with fire. I I, I, I can't even say I'm hoping it doesn't happen because I don't care about it I,
1: I love chaos with the other team. I, right? hope, you know, I no feel doubt. like Wisconsin's been poisoned, so I'm just hoping I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in the last season of, of the Big Ten West, I, I want all the other and what teams. If they're, and what if they're I bad? want the. Ed- I want the other teams to have so much chaos. And what if they're bad, Matt? What if they find out that they can't recruit to this style, which is
2: why, in the first place, they were recruiting the bigger style because they could always recruit to that style and be competitive. And now you got to have an elite quarterback, yeah. and now you have to have a couple <laughs> elite running or wide receivers. And you know, like it just changes everything. It changes your recruiting footprint, which I've always heard Wisconsin's great for big, stumpy linemen that <laughs> maybe aren't very good at zone read. I'm just saying.
1: You ask it. You ask good questions.
2: I, 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 I'm. So the parallel is huge. I think the parallel okay. is huge except for the fact that Wisconsin never put trophies in their, in their time. Well, was, were, they,
1: <laughs> Wisconsin uh, likes to copy Nebraska. Let's hope that this move quite get there. Let's hope, let's hope that this move, they copy Nebraska of the last 20 years and uh, start to have a, a downfall there. Uh, let's end here talking about uh, one of the last things that Trev was, was just asking. warming up. Trev was <laughs> asked about the facilities. Um, so obviously we're starting practice here at the beginning of next week, fall camp starts mm-hmm. and, uh, What is being done right now with the Go Big Project? Where are we at? Trev answered some of those questions.
3: I had to remind myself, we have 315,000 square feet. I mean, it's a massive facility. So, you know, one of the things we're really trying to figure out, and Coach Rule's really passionate about, is we don't want to do anything that disrupts the football team. The rest of the stuff, as I talked about earlier, uh, maybe the training table, some of that's probably more at the end of the calendar year. You know, obviously, being the first year and everything, we don't need anything to disrupt the team. So, we also have great facilities where we currently reside, right? So, would you get the locker room then and the weight room before the season? Well, uh, obviously, the locker room for sure. The weight room, okay. you know, the weight room—I'm uh, not exactly sure.
1: So, let's be clear, and we've said this the last few shows that we've been, we've had Tyler Kai on, mm-hmm. so uh, associate <laughs> athletic director. We've talked about this all off season. The team will be in the locker room mm-hmm. by fall camp, by the season. Um, what all moves in there, and that might change throughout the course of the year. Right. At the beginning of the season, they may be lifting weights in the current locker or weight room. By the end of the season, they may be lifting weights in the new one. So things are going to be moving and happening during it. But they've got the two uh, grass fields down mm-hmm. now. Uh, and that was something here that, that Trev talked about was the grass fields uh, and what how Coach Rules is wanting that for uh, health purposes with the team but they've got the grass fields down, you know, that facility, it is amazing. And it is huge. It is a huge facility, but uh, they should be at least the locker room in there. And also I guess what should go along with that is everything I've heard is that the the tunnel walk, Mm -hmm. when we come out against Northern Illinois, you know, in week three, that our first home game, we should be coming out of the Northeast corner and, and we should have a new tunnel walk there. So unless, unless I'm, uh, wrong there. I mean that—that's what I've heard that that's
2: going to be happening. So well, that wouldn't be a very hard to accomplish in a short amount of time, I imagine. It's a ton of That's a massive project, and, and and I'm sure I've, I've heard like just getting materials has been a bit of an issue. I, I'm sure they have going as hard as they can to get it done, but it's just it's just real world real world problems. Um, yeah, it, I kind of. The moving in in chunks, to me, is a little anticlimactic. You know what I mean? Yeah. In my mind, I was sort of like, boom, open the door, well, and it's all done. It's almost, to me, like, except for how it would it would bone your seniors, it's like, let's just skip till next year.
1: Let's just ride it out yeah. this year,
2: and the next year, just unveil it. It also
1: speaks to how much stuff is going on in there. From the, yeah. You're moving everything into a training table Earthen. and study study areas. Also, fan amenities. That whole entire front area is going to be all fan-facing hall of fame kind of, you know, really cool stuff. And yeah, let's make sure sure we've got some good
2: e-bike parking because (laughs) me and Sully are camping. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm sure Travis frustrated with it and and I'm sure they're doing absolutely the best they can. It's, It's a bummer that they couldn't do it, you know, more seamlessly, but it's okay. Where does it rank on your concerns list for going into next year?
1: Not really. We've just we've gotten a lot of questions. No, from, no, 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 no. I know. So that's why, why yeah, yeah, no, I, like, I
2: understand the questions. I understand I mean, the questions. But I, I like figured, to me, it's like whatever.
1: I, well, as Trevor said, we have pretty good facilities <laughs> existing, which is kind of weird because you know, why are you building the new one? You're building a new one because you want the best. Yeah. And but they have good facilities. They're going to be in a good facility, whether they're in the old one or the new one. So
2: yeah, there's no falling Yeah, they're 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 fine. And it'd be nice maybe to send out the old facilities with like a really good team. That'd be cool. That would be kind of cool. fresh.
1: Our old facilities from 2006. I know. It's crazy how fast that goes. Well, speaking of how fast things go, Mac, we're at parting shots time mm-hmm. already. Boy, that hour just flew by. Redcasters, thank you so much for following along, for asking questions. I could
2: really keep going. We didn't even talk about Jeff Sims being 2.30. But anyway, no, it's fine. Well,
1: here's your parting, parting shot. Time. Say whatever you want. Talk. What, what did we not hit on included in your parting shot? Let me gather. You want to do one and I can kind of gather my final. Sure. Rem- yeah. Gather, gather your one. So uh, I, I have a quick one. It's, it's kind of a seminal one, but mm-hmm. the, we've been off about the last month. Now, obviously anyone that's been following along with me on social media for us this month, uh, I lost my father a couple weeks ago. Very tough time there, but um, uh, we had a memorial that Redcast Rob put together, which was really cool. Very, I, it was touching. I didn't know he was doing it. Uh, producer skip came up with the idea and, uh, I mean, I think it's 30 or some people have, have, have donated to it over, I think up to $1,700 or so has well, been already awesome. has been added to it. And they're going to have dad's name put on the wall of donors, mm-hmm. um, on the North side of the stadium, which is just an awesome tribute to him. So I really appreciate everything, but even more than just that, I appreciate the, all the support and the kind words and everything that, the Redcasters have said, uh, it means a lot to my family, my family. Uh, is blown away by the generosity of people there, and so thank you so much to everyone there. And uh, and uh, it's it's good to be back behind the mic here. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, 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 it was a nice turnout. Um, it was a good celebration of life, and that's always what you want in the end, anyway. Um, awkward sidestep back to <laughs>
1: football. Series. Back to
2: back to football, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> but you asked me to go first. <laughs> What a colossal screw up! Anyway, um, <laughs>
1: live podcasting,
2: <laughs> live podcasting. Well, I'm just going to take a step back from that and say, because hey, um, I was, I was there. I was honored to be one of the pallbearers mm-hmm. at the at the funeral, and it was a mm-hmm. great turnout. And uh, um, and we you know, wore red. Everyone, yeah, everyone wore like a Husker something or other. Um, mm-hmm. I wore a red cast shirt because you know this is his boy right here. And and speaking to that you know, you look around and you wonder what a legacy is for a person. And, um, it's really the, the, just the best way to measure it is, is the family of the man, you know, and I look at you and your sisters and your, ki- and your kid and their kids and what a great young family. They, they've all grown out to be all from of uh, the union of you and your, your, your mom and your dad. And I just thought, I, you always think in these moments like, how do you honor him? How do you how do you respect him? He's gone, so what's it all mean? And I thought you did just a beautiful job. You stepped up to the plate for your family, and you absolutely handled him. like a man. So, like Mike Conkey, well, he raised my best friend. He <laughs> raised my best friend, and one of the one of the absolute most fantastic Husker fans out there. I know he was super proud of you. Um, if if we have any kind of good season this year. With any <laughs> hopes you guarantee Mike Mike Honkey's pulling strings up there. So up there, man. Um, I I got high hopes for this season. I really do because I think I think we got a, a little.
1: Well, and and we're raising the whole. We're drinking a little brandy from Mike Honkey. Uh, in right? Mike, hey, thank tonight. you for
2: the scotch so. and the pickup truck and the workbench <laughs> and the soaker hoses. You know, God bless you. He was a bit of a hoarder, but damn, he had good taste. <laughs> or, organized
1: hoarder, and he had, he had good equipment. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Football wise, was there anything we missed? You said Jeff Sims 235. Well, Jeff
2: pounds. Sims 230 pounds. Um, wants to get down to 225, but geez, man, you're talking about a frame. He, he's so not talked about. It's fantastic. The guy's got all the the staff you can literally see themselves holding themselves back, and it'll be very disappointing if um uh, if they're wrong. <laughs> very, very disappointing.
1: Very disappointing. Uh-oh. All right, well. I don't know. It, it, we, we need to not wait another month now, but uh, this is the, uh, that was the off season. It's yeah. kind of the end of the off season now. So again, on, turn the page, turn the page again on Tuesday night uh, on August 1st here. Let me get back up to this. Uh, we're going to have Tommy Frazier on just one more reminder, special guest, Tommy Frazier, the ghost down, Tommy, Touchdown, down, Tommy. And uh, so we'll, uh, we'll do that 7 PM t- Tuesday, August 1st. So be following along for that. Redcasters. Outside of that, next time we talk to you, we're gonna be practicing. It's gonna be fall camp. It's gonna be Husker Football.
2: Cashing checks and breaking necks. All right. All right, that's another Go Big
1: Redcast.
2: A herd at sports network production.